so the I don't know aspect of experience is so powerful. It's so poignant. Why? Because what do you really know? Any conclusion you can make about this moment, any conclusion you can make about yourself, what form does that come in? Look and see. If you know reality is this way or reality is that way, what form does that knowing come in? Where is it available, that type of knowing? Where is it not available? So, for instance, if you reference the sound field right now, just what's heard. Is there something there that you know for certain, such that you can state it? Sound is like this. Sound is like that. The hearer is over here. The sound is over there. All of these sorts of statements are conclusions. They're statements about, but they're not the sound. They're not the sound. So when there's just the sound, then the not knowing is obvious. You can't know what that is. If you do, if you conclude it's empty or full, or even conclude that it's empty fullness, that's a view. Who or what holds the view? And when that thought subsides, what makes it real or unreal? So you really don't know. Or there's nothing there that knows. There's nothing taking a position. There's nothing holding a view. You won't find it. You won't find something that's establishing a view. You won't find anything that has a grasp on reality. You might sense grasping, and if you ask what it is, if you look into what it is, you'll find that it's thought-based. A certain kind of wanting to know to relate to the next thought or the next concept. It's trying to stabilize something. I'll say identity here. It's trying to stabilize identity in the conceptual. Now, it doesn't matter what's trying to do that or whether anything is trying to do that, but that's what it feels like. It feels like an identity is trying to maintain itself somehow, trying to establish itself in the known. When you notice that whole mechanism is sort of self-dependent, it believes itself into existence or seeming existence if you get entangled, then you realize it doesn't actually refer to this. It doesn't refer to what's happening. 
or not happening. Happening and not happening are just pointers here. I'm not saying something's happening, and I'm not saying nothing's happening. I'm simply saying that the stabilizing tendency of identity is trying to anchor itself into what it perceives as happening, occurring, what it perceives as the correct view. But the sense of it having a view or having a correct view or a true way that things are, a true understanding of reality that's dependent upon the sense of the one that wants it. These are interrelated conceptualities. When one disappears, they both disappear. So then what remains? Well, it's nothing you know because there's no knower and there's no object called the known. So it's sort of an unknowing, a vastly freeing unknowing. Why is it freeing to be free from having to know? Because underneath knowledge is a fear, a fear of losing that knowledge, a fear of not having that knowledge. And what's underneath that fear? Go there and find out. It's a gateway, portal, to where known and unknown aren't separate. Knowledge loses meaning because it's too much distance. To know is to be a part. To know is to make an object. To know is to believe in a subject. So inhabiting the unknown ends up being very surprising because it's intimate. It's not a fearful unknown. It's not a disorienting unknown. It's just what's right in front of your face, just what's heard, just what's felt. But there's nothing trying to know it. There's just it, just that. Neither known nor unknown, neither impermanent nor permanent. Neither form nor formlessness. That's freedom from extremes. But the unknown, the willingness to unknow, the willingness to let go of your views, your agendas, your attachment to conceptual knowledge is key. Without that letting go, without the willingness to let go of that, you'll use it as a life preserver. And you may not know it. You may know it. You may suspect it. But if you expose yourself to direct 
transmission pointing pointing past the conceptual mind you'll start to feel it you'll start to feel that something does want to hold on to the conceptual and that something can actually let go in a big way you let go in a big way and that's what this is all about people who wake up fast let go People wake up more slowly, practice, learn, gain knowledge, slowly let go of the knowledge they've gained, investigate suffering very closely until it just becomes so acute that you're finally willing to go beyond the mind. And then you'll let go. So ultimately, there's a letting go that's going to happen no matter what. But the first big step is letting go of knowledge. This isn't about knowledge. It's about the unknown. Can you be comfortable in the unknown? Can you be at peace in the unknown? Go there and find out. Can you find truth in the unknown? Truth beyond the known truth beyond knowledge go there and find out it's staring you in the face it's giving you opportunities all day long just wait for that moment where your instinct tells you it's time to let go time to drop drop the illusion and then drop it and then see what happens <laughs>